Hey, super friends. My name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book, and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website, www.getyourcomicon.co.uk for more. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Welcome to Indie Comics Spotlight, where the first rule of Indie Comics Spotlight is you don't talk <laughs> about Indie Comics Spotlight. But yet, here we are talking about Indie Comics Spotlight. And my guest, the only guest, I can't believe this is your third show as permanent <laughs> co-host and maybe your what, fourth or fifth Indie Comics Spotlight appearance. And this is mm. the first time we've talked about this. That is a shame and a crime against humanity. I apologize, my friend. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I mean, we'll get into it. There might be a reason why this wasn't at the top of my list to, uh, to, to discuss, but we'll, 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 yeah. yeah, we'll get there, I think. I, I understand that, but it's, it's like, I think maybe we'll fight today. I think there may be a fight <laughs> across the, the Maybe there will. Um, no, but I think, I think it just because of your name, because uh, you are Jack's Musings, and so it was wrong of us Musings. that you waited this long. Yeah, it makes sense. Hopefully I'm not Jack's Musings in the way that, you know, I'm trying to be Tyler. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not one of those people, I, I, I believe, that misunderstood the movie. Um, yeah, I don't think so. We'll find out in we'll a minute. We'll find maybe. out, yeah. So, of course, we're talking about Fight Club 2, everybody. So, mm. if you didn't know, if you thought, wait, Fight Club has a sequel, you are, you are wrong that you missed out on it. Um, so, Dark Horse Comics... Um, put it out in 2015 and 2016. It was actually a free, free comic book day. Do you guys do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So issue one was free comic book day. And, um, mm-hmm. and then a few months later, they dropped Fight Club 1, Fight Club 2, 1. So it's Chuck himself, um, mm-hmm. Cameron Stewart, and David, Cameron Stu- Stewart insides, David Mack outsides. Mm-hmm. Nate Picchios is the letterer. And he actually has a lot to do. And of course... <laughs> we are once again i think maybe we have a problem maybe we have a colorist crush dave stewart is back <laughs> listen he's so fucking amazing and it's I, I, the more i i mean i've been a big fan of his for years but it's like as i've been doing this show and looking at dave stewart's work more and more i'm like man mm. he's so good <laughs> there might be some criticisms you know that we, we put out i mean of his this- coloring uh, no, no, I was going to say about this book as we as we oh, go. Sure. None of them are going to be about the art or the coloring. No, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and we have, you know, my issues with, so before we get into it, so this is, <laughs> it's, let's talk about Fight Club, which we're not supposed yeah. to do, but we're going to talk about Fight Club. So how did you come to Fight Club? Mm. The book is, of course, I am Joe's whatever, not yeah. Jack's, which is interesting how, yeah. how they made that. And I think it sounds better. I think. I think I am Jack's whatever sounds better because the movie is mm-hmm. I am Jack's everything, but the book is I am Joe's everything. So it's such a weird choice, yeah. but I think David Fincher knew that it sounds better. I don't, isn't Jack's a, a reference to Reader's Digest in America as well? I think. Mm. So I am Jack's. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, it, right. It's like a I am Jack's colon cancer, whatever. Like that's actually a thing which was. So when you see later on in Paper Street and um, they've got the piles of things that narrators reading, mm-hmm. I think they're Reader's Digest. I think. If I if I remember rightly, that's where the Joe to Jack chains change because came of about. that. See, you mm-hmm. know. So you are the let's let's talk about <laughs> your 
your why Fight Club? What is it about Fight? Because we can't we can't just jump into Fight Club two if we don't talk about no, the movie and the book first because those two things are important to get here. And I think we're going to spend just yeah. as much time on that because I think mm-hmm. Fight Club two, while it's ten issues, it's probably five issues worth of story. Mm. Because I yeah. think some of it is, and again, we were just talking off air, and I've said this a million times, Chuck gets out of the way. He's not a comic book writer. He had mm-hmm. help from other comic mm-hmm. book writers, but he's got really good artists and colorists and letterers. So he let them, he, there's, even a, there's even that line where it's like, that's not me, that's Kim. And so that's true, yeah. like he's acknowledging he had to get out of his own way. And you know, it could just be that Dark Horse, he sold 10 issues with Dark Horse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it and we'll talk about that. So, but before we get into the story of what it is, we need to talk about how we got here. So tell everybody what it is with your, your clear love of the, of the source mm. material and, and how you came to it and why. So 1999 is obviously when the film came out, which I think is three years after the book. So yep. quite a quick turnaround in terms of book to, book to film. Um, and I'm in my second year at uni stud- doing film studies at this point. So Fight Club really came out at a key time for me. Um, obviously there's a lot of films and I, I, I think 1999 is actually a pretty decent year in terms of what, what you get, the quality across the board across that year. It's one of those ones I think that's up there in terms of one of the best. You get Matrix, you get Magnolia. We could go on. There's a lot. Um, no, for sense, real. You could, space, you could um, easily do. No, I, th- I agree. I think you could easily just do a whole podcast of films of 1999 mm. and, and it would take a while till you got to a real big clunker. I mean, there's of course always yeah. bad movies, but like as far as Indie movies go and big budget movies, 99 bank. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I saw the film first and was blown away. Um, and I think the reason that that and The Matrix hit the cultural consciousness, I know The Matrix was financially successful and Fight Club wasn't, but still, you know, we all had the poster on our bedroom wall on Fight Club, um, just like we all had the train spotting poster four years before, three years before. Um, that was a rule over there in film, film studies. <laughs> it seemed Everybody to be, just everyone okay. had it, yeah. It's fair um so yeah it definitely hit the culture conscience didn't it and i think for me it was it was doing things i hadn't seen done before it was playing with narrative it was obviously including you it was meta um it was um re- you know it was reaching out it was brechtian it was breaking that kind of not just breaking the fourth wall but it was actually like including you and in telling the story um and then of course you can go back and the more you watch it the more things you notice the number of times tyler appears before he actually appears in the movie like when he appears as a character to the narrator as he's pushing through his psyche um, and it has all those little little moments that you can you can watch i mean i think my favorite moment maybe in the whole movie is when we come back at the end to where we start so we have the circular narrative we start at the top of the building and then we come back at the end and tyler says have you got anything to say again like it does at the start of the movie and the narrator with the gun in the mouth and then what do you say i still can't think of anything so the film itself is beautiful. It's acknowledging that we've come back to that scene, which where where we started. So it's including you in everything that it's doing, which I think is great. So then, of course, I went back and read the book, um, which is good, is equally good, I would say. But some of the decisions Fincher, the screenwriters that he was working with making the film, in my opinion, actually elevate the story a little bit. And Chuck's opinion too. Well, I always thought so. That article Fight you Club sent me maybe. Though, does say something different. Yeah, Fight Club yeah. 2 has a little bit of bite back, doesn't it? But I'd read that as well. I'd heard that he thought the way that Fincher chose to end the, the film with the actual like destruction of the credit card companies was a more fitting end than what he'd originally 
come up with in his novel, which was he went around to load of fight clubs and got beaten up, right? Um, so he gets the shit kicked out of him and then wakes up in a so mental like, institution. <laughs> yeah, so like kind of Tyler's beaten out of him, isn't he? Yeah. Whereas I guess in the movie, he like he commits suicide, doesn't he, by like blowing Tyler's brains out. Um, in his mind, obviously, not in real life. He shoots himself in the cheek in the book, too. Oh, he does? Okay, all right. Yeah, I just reread it. But it's not... Yeah, you did. But you don't see the... It, there's no glorious explosions. Mm, okay. Yeah, it ends differently, yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's just... It stayed with me ever since, really, to the point where the in my final year, I did my dissertation, I did my thesis on representations of masculinity in david fincher movies well wow. um, so yeah it really did have an impact on me you could say so i went back and looked at the game and seven i did those as a main focus um at that point you only had four movies and obviously alien three um you could get into a really interesting conversation about um ripley being uh, i don't know what's the word masculinized i don't know if that's a word but you know with a shaven head and stuff in that movie but um i wasn't intelligent enough at 21 to go there if i'm honest well, and to be fair, it's the problem with Alien 3. Now, all of that is there because she's the only woman on an island of men. Mm. So you've got everything you need and there's all the different um, male, you know. Archetypes. Uh, archetypes. Yeah, that was the word. Mm. Thank you. So you obviously <laughs> did have the You did know. Um, but uh, my problem with Alien 3 was it was the bad CGI that really take. It's right at the yeah. cutting edge of CGI. So sometimes special effects can ruin a really smart movie. Mm. And I think the reason Alien 3 doesn't I like it fine. I like mm -hmm. Alien 4 a little bit better, believe it or not. But um, I do think it, it hurt itself and it wasn't David's fault. That was his first feature, right? It was, yeah, yeah. And he, creative control was taken off him. Yeah, and, yeah. And you can tell because there's no way a director's like, I don't want that alien to look like it's a dog running. But mm. oh, it does. Oh, well, that, that's the cut we're going with. Mm. So it's probably good that you didn't spend too much time. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I just wanted to say right now, we all want to read that thesis. When I say we all, I mean me. Yeah, I'll see if I can dredge up a copy and Please. see how embarrassingly written it is for 20 years ago and who I was it. then, yeah. Yeah, I, that's a, I love that kind of thinking piece stuff. Maybe it's something you could dust off. Mm, yeah, yeah. And add coming his, from a fresh perspective now. Yeah, and add his later work. Mm. I mean, there's a guy I work with who just got a book deal to, re, to add an addendum to his doctoral thesis. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. And then get it published because it didn't get published as a thesis. But if he now he cleans it up, he adds a few chapters, they're going to publish it. So I'm just saying it could happen. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'm putting it out there. Well, that's awesome. Nice. And you felt the book, like you said, was equally good, but because you saw the movie first and I saw the movie first too. Mm. But I felt we'll get there in a second. But so when you read the book, were you let down with the book? No, 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 I don't think so. Uh, it's interesting that you never know how much of it, as you just said, is like, what's in your head first? I, mm -hmm. I never know because I do, if I'm invested in something, I do try to read the source first before I yeah. see the adaptation because it's nice to see, obviously, as it was intended rather than as it's been adapted. Um, in this instance, it's just, I wasn't aware of it. It was a bit before I saw the movie. Um, nope, no, no, no. Most of us weren't. No, no, no. I think the book is like, it, it's pretty close, to be fair, most of the way through, isn't it? I think it's yeah. equally good. I think, um, as you say, I'm the film guy. I'm a film guy first and foremost. So yeah. that's probably the, the sole reason, really. Well, and I, I think that the film, I think the film, it's one of the ones where I think, I love the book. I do think the film, if I'm being honest, is better. 
I mm-hmm. like the book more, but I think the film is better. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the case with the commitments. It's with Die Hard. I mean, the, you know, like Die Hard's your favorite movie. And this is in your, this is what number two, probably. And so it's certainly up there. Yeah. You know, so it's like the, there's something about a good adaptation, I think, that makes mm-hmm. an excellent film because the source material is there. So all you have to do is be like, well, you were constrained by XYZ. You didn't mm-hmm. have Brad Pitt. You didn't have Helena fucking Bottom Carter. Mm. I mean, the things you didn't have that the once you know who the actors are too, that you can make changes on the set. You know, the these characters in the comic book we're talking about look like the way they're described in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyler's got long blonde hair. Mm. Obviously, Brad Pitt doesn't have that. I mean, he could. They could have done it. You know, they've done it before. Was it the Mexican? Didn't they dye his hair blonde? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artists. Legends of the Fall as well, like an early yeah, one. Yeah, Legends of the Fall, yeah. yeah. Right, so it's not like he... he and, and even for part of the uh, interview, yeah. yeah. So it's not as though he can't do it. He doesn't look mm-hmm. great as a, as a bleach blonde. So they could have, but they chose to go. They're like, you already look like you. Yeah. What do we... <laughs> let's not try to make it... What, and he's meant to look like him in the movie. That's the whole point of it. Right, we're just going to have yeah. you look like you and let's do that. So um, I feel like... You know, I, th- I think that's what makes the film better. But I, the reason mm-hmm. I like the book more is while, yes, there are a few moments. I like that. It, I like that he his choice, like you said it best. He chooses to get Tyler beat out of him. Mm-hmm. Like he he makes the conscious effort to be like, I'm going to beat Tyler at his own game mm-hmm. because he doesn't understand who he is, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I did read a thing from his editor. His editor is the one who said, there's a scene in here where Marla talks to Tyler you can't have that. And, yeah. and so it was, his, and so that's funny to think that Chuck thought that'd be okay. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, no, if you do that, the whole book is ruined. So it was like just mm-hmm. a few moments where he had to change those. And that was so smart too. Um, I read it the same way. So my, my, so as you know, Lee and I blended our families, mm-hmm. but so in 1999, I was married to my first wife and Emma, my oldest was born. And then Rachel was born 11 months later. So I did not see this right away. This was not a see right away. I knew of it but with a zero-year-old and or with a one-year-old. And then, you know, with just there was no way. No. So it was a DVD VHS rental mm. for me. And then, so I did them back to back. Like I knew mm-hmm. they both existed, but I still watched nice. the film first. Watched the film first. Because I didn't know any of that. You know, like it's because it was in the zeitgeist. So at the time mm-hmm. I knew of mm-hmm. it. I knew they were both out there, but I still did watch the movie first because of course I did. I was like, I've seen this fucking movie. So I did because most people I knew had watched it in that order, had done mm-hmm. it that way. Um, I'm, I am glad I did it that way. Mm, I feel, I feel like um, it gave, I think it allowed me to just to separate the two. I get mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like as a completist, which you are, and sometimes to your detriment, <laughs> um, I worry about you as you watch Speed 2. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so I think, I think for me, actually, seeing them in reverse order allowed me to pull the two apart in a way, mm. like almost metaphorically, like the way that the narrator and Tyler need to be pulled apart. Like, mm-hmm. And this book, the comic book, deals with that. Mm. The comic book, I think, is also, this is my take, is Chuck trying to pull the book away from the movie and mm-hmm. where does he as the creator stand? And I'm not the creator, so I don't have that God mm-hmm. problem that he has. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it. I, I couldn't, I didn't know. You know, I saw the commitments first before I read the mo- book. I didn't know it was a book until years later. 
yeah. Die Hard, same thing. I didn't know it was a book till years later. But I went back and read the book for Die Hard. Have you ever read it? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. It's not good at all. No. But there's such a good, there's a story. The way that he like talks about how fat his daughter is. I'm like, what? Right. Yeah, I've yeah, never, yeah. As a father of multiple daughters, I can go on record as saying thought has never crossed my mind to be like, <laughs> hey, she's getting chunky. What? And he says it in such like a sexist way. It's not like, you know, I'm worried about your weight and I think you're getting unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It is different than she could stand to lose 10 pounds. Like what are you look? That's your daughter. He's so gross in that. So, you know, Sinatra played him in the first movie. Yeah, which I've never seen, actually. Detective, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. So anyway, it reads like a book that Sinatra would be in the movie. But anyway, so it's, I still feel like with Fight Club, seeing it in the order I did. Do you think that's true? Do you think seeing the movie first helped benefit, you had a benefit that, that, that like if you had read the book, mm. we can't unwind it. But do you think if you had just read the book first, you would have made it through? Not that it's, it's not super dense, but just do you think that the movie helping you understand what's happening made the book a better read. I think it probably just... did. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think, um, the, the, you know, the fact that this film, more the film more than the book, but this story, this film, um, as means enough to me that, yeah, like it's my Twitter handle, it's my like, online handle. Yeah. Um, but I really haven't gone and read much more Palunic. Um, I don't know how to say his name. It I think says it's something. Palunic. I think because even uh, in okay. the comic, somebody's phone has it spelled out phonetically. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Tyler's is it Tyler's phone that's spelled out phonetically? I didn't pick up on that. Actually. And I see, I think so. Doesn't matter. He knows we can't say it. He yeah. acknowledges. <laughs> we'll call him Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, but yeah. I haven't really read much more of his, and I think that that's because I haven't connected with perhaps his storytelling, but I have mm-hmm. with this story. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair, and I think that's an important conversation that we have to have before we even move into this because mm. I think. You can't just jump into Fight Club 2. Um, no, not, no, no, no. It's, 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 you can't get in. <laughs> There's no way in. And so I think for our listeners, we are definitely going to spoil Fight Club 2 as much as we can spoil Fight mm-hmm. Club 2. But I think, so if you've not read it, it's okay. I feel like, because just like everybody knows that Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same, like it would be amazing to find the person who didn't know. <laughs> It's true, yeah. You know, it would be cool. It, you know, and you know those. There's somebody out right now, one of, of your stu- is, yeah. one of your students or some kid who's you know, a couple of grades doesn't know yet, mm-hmm. right? And and hopefully no one ruins it for that person. Hopefully mm. someone's like, we're just going to watch Fight Club, and I'm not going to when, when that kid's 16 and yeah, he's yeah, sit yeah. down and watch Fight Club and not know. It would be yep. amazing. Yeah, because I know that, what that, that moment totally worked for me when I watched it. Me too. Completely, completely. That and Sixth Sense both came out the same year. Both totally worked. Both totally. Same thing. Sixth Sense didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Infants. Nope. I actually went out of my, I'm good at not looking for spoilers. And that was mm-hmm. early yeah. days of the internet. So it was easy for me to just avoid things. So I did get, I, with both of these, I managed to be surprised because mm. The internet was still a baby. And mm-hmm. while I, I had access to it, I didn't get on to look that stuff up. It was like, you know, I was going on like REM message boards. <laughs> you know, I love that band still to this day or like Beastie Boys message boards. And, you know, some, like you and Dave were talking about message boards the other day. So, um, yeah. you know, that's what I was using the internet for. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really use, useful to be like, let's do a deep dive into the third track on Out of Time. I'm sure people <laughs> give a shit. 
That stuff's probably on the internet archive somewhere for me to be embarrassed yeah. about. I hope so. I should go yeah, find that'd it. that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And see, I did, I did then go on a big chuck. I've read, mm-hmm. I went back, I've read Choke, which I really mm-hmm. liked. Um, the Clark, Clark Gregg made a movie with, mm-hmm. um, oh, Mike's going to be mad because it's his favorite actor. He won the Oscar for Three Billboards. He's really funny. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Mike. Yep, yep. Choke with Sam Rockwell is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Clark Gregg wrote and directed Choke. So it's just crazy because that's about sex addiction. Did you see that? Mm. I haven't seen it, no. It's, it's, it's bananas. Um, but that also was good. I, I thought that film adaptation was good. And, and I think, you know, I've read his other stuff. And as I've said to you, as he's gotten to be a happier wiser person his mm-hmm. writing I think has gotten worse and so I think mm-hmm. for me and that's okay and that happens when you're writing angsty stuff and then you're suddenly happy <laughs> so it's well, the reason I think I like Fight Club 2 is because it's something about which Chuck can be angsty mm-hmm. he's a rich mm-hmm. famous writer his job is to be a writer now so it's like yeah it's hard to continue to tap in to mm-hmm. those things right um, and we see that all the time with artists when they you know there's a reason those first two Guns N' Roses albums bang and then they got rich. You can't yeah, yeah, write yeah. about that stuff anymore. And then you guys suck, really. It turns out, sorry, Max, but it turns out Guns N' Roses had two really good <laughs> albums in them, right? They're really upsetting everybody today. I am. I'm just going to go ahead. But I mean, I'm not pretending that Slash isn't amazing. I'm not pretending that those first couple albums aren't. But it's like, some, and that's the same thing with Chuck. So I think the reason that I like this is because in the, and he's not a straight guy, but in the ultimate rich, white, entitled guy that mm-hmm. he is rich white guy the thing that he gets to be angsty about is people misrepresenting him and so therefore yeah. he managed to find a way to find his angst again whereas because once mm-hmm. he came out and he got settled all of his internal anger issues kind of went away and his books i think suffered for it and then he he went from writing subversive to almost farcical not even satirical books mm. anymore because I, I i think fight club's a satire right a hundred percent yeah yeah yeah, in the same way that Dread is a satire. It's dark. Yeah. But it's, satire doesn't have to be funny. Although I think there's, I think Fight Club's funny. Fight Club's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think everybody thinks so. No, but I think they're missing A, the satire, and B, the joke. Right. <laughs> fair. Okay, mm. so that's my ramble. Which, again, Sorry. is addressed a little bit in the, in the sequel, to be fair. Right. Okay, so I, I think we should just start, because I think we're dancing around it. So I will mm-hmm. go on the record to say, because this isn't a show where we say we like it or dislike it, but I think we have to for this. For this sure. particular book, I like it. I'm a mm. fan of Fight Club 2 because of all of those things, because it's, mm. it's meta. It's silly for a rich white guy to be mad that you're misrepresenting my art. Well, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. doesn't, but it's still his art. And he's, I feel like Chuck is willing to say, I know it's your art too. I've given it to you and you can interpret it how you see fit. But as the yeah. person who wrote it, I'm still a little mad. And so I think he tapped into just his right amount of, of indignation and it comes through here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like that um, because it's something that I just, and I think it's because I read all of his other work and I feel like mm. his other work that was coming out at this time was missing this. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like I'm like an abused dog. I'm like, I'm not coming back. And then he puts out a new book and then I read it. And I'm like, I'm not coming back. And then he puts out another book. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, mm. And then he put this out. And then it was like, I'm done. I think it was after Tell All or Pygmy. I can't remember what it was. I'm like, I'm done. And then this came out. And I'm like, well, 
I, I think that's totally fair. And I think, you know, you're coming up from that perspective of, of knowing his kind of journey, which I yeah. don't, because he's prolific, isn't he? He's done like 16 books in 20 years or something. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. So he does a lot. I just, yeah, I don't like this. Because I think, I think it's, I, I, I think you're right in what, what, what his intention was, but I don't think he had a story to tell. I think he just runs out of ideas. I think I think he had that that central thesis that he wanted to say, this is my creation, but he didn't have a story around that and know what to do. And I think he makes the excuse of having fourth wall breaking and a writer's room and the characters within the story contacting him and other people in the real world as an excuse to get around the fact that, shit, I don't actually know what to do here. Um, and it it just, for me, the first couple of issues are, are pretty good. Probably the first three I'm quite, I quite like. And then it starts getting worse and worse. And then by about issue eight, it has gone off a cliff. And I just do not care anymore. Um, I want to care. But th- some of the stuff he's doing, like the Marla side story is just bananas, to use one With of your words. Kids. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. Um, I'm just not interested. I don't think he follows the rules he's established in Fight Club in terms of the appearance of Tyler from, as he's now known as Sebastian, I don't think that that works here. And again, maybe that's on purpose, but it didn't work for me. Um, I'm sort of jumping all over the place. No, but... don't. That's fine. I think we have to. I think there's no way to, I mean, we never just go through anything linearly anyway. No. Um, and you can't, because Chuck breaks the fourth wall, because Chuck is in this book mm. and he talks to us and he talks to Tyler and he talks to the narrator and he, he's part of the story you have to address that right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Even though when you're first reading it, you don't know it. I think first couple of issues, Marla's the villain. Marla yeah. misses Tyler and she's she's going back to her back to her group meetings like they do in mm-hmm. the book and in the movie. And she's been cutting his medicine. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know. So I think I think those first two issues, I agree, are really strong because you're mm-hmm. you're um you're finding out that and there's a commentary there about happiness, right? Sure. And about yeah, this yeah. idea that like this version that he's calling himself Sebastian, they're married, they have a kid, mm-hmm. um, junior. He's got you know, Seb- successful job, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, right. He works for a, <laughs> it's called Rise or Die, which I think is great, but it's like a, they're like over here, they're called Blackwater is the name of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just private war. Like private military, aren't they? Private yeah, military, yeah. which is a thing that happens in the world, which is Weird. fucked up. Mm. Weird is nice. Weird being... That doesn't work for me either. Like, I don't think Sebastian would work for them. I don't I either. Just... But then that's we find out that he's not in control. That that's, as it unfolds, Tyler has been out all the time. It's not, but he just hasn't visited Marla because Tyler hates Marla. Tyler's never yeah. liked Marla. Um, in the book and in the movie, he's never liked Marla. That's that's always the thing. Don't talk to Marla. But it now. is Sebastian who's at work. At, Absolutely. Sebastian. And right, he's but... at that job. I just yeah, don't buy that he would be there. Because of how violent it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because he would want to get away from the violence. I think so. And I think, you know, even when he had the job in the first book in the film, when he's, you know, he's like the, like the insurance... Adjuster, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he hated that job. He hated what he was doing. And that was... He was retreating away from that, wasn't he? So this is like times 10. I just don't buy that he'd be, he'd be there personally. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. But it also was plot device to get Rise or Die to exist. And so to me, 
I, the reason I think he works there is that I don't know that he remembers getting the job. Like, I don't know that he remembers mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like we, he doesn't remember being an like how he becomes an insurance adjuster. He's an insurance adjuster because Tyler wants him to be an insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. That's how I read the book in the movie. Sure. Is everything right. he does is because Tyler wants him to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, because, and, and so the other thing too, that I'm curious about, and maybe this is something you don't like, we learned that Tyler has always been there. Mm. What do you make? And I, as somebody who spent some time thinking about DID and who's reading about it and thinking about it for the SM writing for the new Moon Knight book for our good friend mm-hmm. Scott Weatherly, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking more about DID. So this is just on my mind. Sure. Um, the idea that the personality was always there and that the reason that Tyler exists in the first place, because in general, if, if someone has a multiple, it's because the multiple is protecting that person from mm-hmm. trauma. And we learn in this, Tyler kills the narrator's parents. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that the narrator's parents were very, very, very abusive to, to the narrator. Sure. Which makes sense. Cause I did a bit of reading myself about yeah. Chuck's background and it's, you know, he's had Crazy. a really, what a tough yeah, like his, his granddad murdered mm-hmm. his mum and tried to murder his dad, but couldn't yeah. find him. Now, that's hideous. And then his yeah. dad was murdered and incinerated yeah, his dad was in the fire anyway. by his, yeah. um, his new wife's ex-husband yeah, or something. So like, wife. and all that's in the book actually, isn't it? In Fight Club too. Yeah. The um, the origin of kind of narrator and Tyler is tied in with who Chuck is as a person as well and his origin, which is which is really interesting. That is interesting. I like that that element of it where you can see that bleeding in. I think the idea of Tyler always being there is fine, and I think as you just said, you know a lot more about it than I do. That makes total sense. I think what I don't like is then when he tries to push it even further. And it becomes like a, I think they call it like an archetype contagion yeah. or like an infectious mental virus. And it starts trying to tie into like original sin. And like Tyler's been basically body hopping for throughout history. Right. And he's like, a, he's like, he's a, no longer like a, a multiple. He's a, he's a, it's invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm afraid at that point I'm lost. I think if they stuck down the track of like Tyler had been this split personality within, well, within Tyler, within now Sebastian. Yeah. Um, I would have gone with that, but they, he just pushes it further. And again, I know it's his comment on the idea of the appropriation of the character and his worldviews. Mm-hmm. I get it, but... You just it, don't like it. No. Well, and it's not <laughs> I, that you just don't like it. I can't articulate any more sophisticated than that. But you don't think I just it works don't like it. But you don't no, think it works. I don't. Yeah, I think that is where he... There, the, I agree with you. The parts where he loses me are, are there when you're like... Tyler as original sin as opposed to Tyler as a as a coping mechanism because I agree Mm -hmm. I think Tyler as a coping mechanism works because Tyler Mm -hmm. shows back up in Fight Club when the narrator needs him most yeah Um, and in the book he shows up when he's he's having an out-of-body experience on a beach and he wakes Mm -hmm. up and Tyler is naked building a, a a statue out of wood like a driftwood and he makes a hand and he sits in it Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like this whole metaphor about, you know, holding him. And so I really, I appreciate the way that, I mean, I like the way that Tyler shows up. There had been no way to get him to the beach in the movie. So the way that he shows up in the movie is completely fine. Um, and obviously the movie is in a little bit different order than the book, mm-hmm. but almost like you said, almost everything is in there until the end. Um, yeah. Even Bob's death is a little, is different. Bob, because it was meatloaf, they mm-hmm. gave, they gave him more to do. We're not going to have meatloaf be in the movie and then be like, oh, you're only going to, we're going to kill you in some stupid bank robber, you know, like Bob's much more yeah, yeah, um, yeah. noble. And that part mm. leads into this Bob's. Mm-hmm. And that is in the book, you know, his name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. It's in the book and in the movie, but I think it just mm-hmm. means more. 
going back and rereading the book for this. I'm mm. like, yeah, I just don't care as much. Like the movie makes Bob such a better character. And so of course yeah. bringing him, him back, you know, the zombie of Bob because you can't let anything die. I like mm-hmm. that. I, I don't like it. I don't like that there's zombies because there's even a line where he's sitting in the writer's group and they're mm-hmm. like, you know what this scene needs is a zombie and it's totally snark and she's like drinking her wine while she says it. And then there's zombie Bob and you're like, that's stupid. To me, and this is where I'm just going to give him all the credit. As I'm mm-hmm. saying, I, I agree with you that the original sin thing and I totally, the the thing, Marla's side story, don't care for. No. There's a, even her going to the group and having that be Chloe is totally fine with me. I thought yeah, that was fine. a really yeah, yeah, cool yeah. dodge. But the yeah. whole going to Syria they go and to all, Mogadishu and Mogadishu. Uh, so stupid. Big, big fight and it's the rise or dies people, isn't it? And like they yeah. survive an explosion. I, I just, I'm just glazing over those pages if I'm honest, just waiting to get to the yeah. next part of the story. I agree. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I agree with you that I think that stuff is weak, but I do mm-hmm. think some of the ridiculousness is, and this is me giving him too much credit because again, I'm the beaten puppy is intentional. <laughs> I think he's intentionally bringing Bob back, even though you never see Bob's face mm. in this, he's bringing Bob back from the dead. He's, he's bringing Chloe back from the dead. He's mm-hmm. bringing Tyler back from the dead. So it's this idea of, we just can't seem to let anything be. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think the overall comment is, obviously. Sure. Not just like... Is it that? Or is it that you just can't think of anything new to do? I don't know. Because according to the stuff I read, he had to be talked into this. Right. Again, and that's that's not a great sell, is it? You know, oh, we want to do Fight Club. Do you, do you want to do it? No. But But we'll give you money and we'll give you like... Oh, okay then. So, yeah. I mean, like, if he's not coming at creatively because he's got something to say, and that's why, you know, that's kind of yeah. where I started by saying, like, yeah. I don't think he has a story to tell. I think he has um, an essay a point to, to make. Yeah, an essay to write. Yeah, that would have been better. And I might have enjoyed reading that, I think. But I've, ha- I've had to dredge through 10 issues of a comic. Probably, as you said, I'd go further. I'd say six or seven Yeah. that I, I haven't really enjoyed. And those last, like, three or four... I do not care for pretty much anything in them at all. I was making notes, as we often do when we're doing this, and, you know, my first three paragraphs of issue one, two, and three, fairly detailed. You start getting down to, you know, issues eight, nine, ten. It's just like, that's reductive. Issue nine, and there's a line where it says, doesn't every son want to fight his father? And I just wrote, reductive commentary. I just, I can't be bothered. Like, that's all I can think to say, because I don't think he can be bothered. And we had a whole conversation yeah. before we started recording yeah. about the fact we're both teachers and sometimes who we teach can't be bothered. So we want to let them know that we can't be bothered back. And right. I feel, I'm sorry, Chuck, that's how I feel about Fight Club 2. No, that's totally fair. Well, I feel bad that I talked to you into doing this. You had read it <laughs> No, no, not that. at all. I read it before and I, I read it when it was coming out. Yeah, me too. Because obviously I was excited. Um, but I wanted to come at it. When you said, let's do it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's good. Let's do it. Let's come with fresh eyes. I don't think I really enjoyed it. But actually, I think I've gone even further down the rabbit hole of... That's fair. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm on the record just again, just keep pissing everybody off. I don't like Ghostbusters in for When I saw it in the theater, <laughs> I was 11. And it was the greatest day. I loved it. Like I saw it with my dad. We didn't do a ton of things together. We didn't agree on hardly anything. It was one of those moments I had as my, you know... He's been, mm. he's been gone for some time. And um, so I always look back on that day. Like that was a good day. We all had fun. Like my sister was there. My mother was there. We all got along. Everything was great. Ghostbusters. It was great. 
saw it a few more times. You know, I think it was funny because it says, you know, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. It's probably the best line in the movie. And the way it's don't... probably the best line in all of cinema, I would argue. I mean, yeah. it's up there. It's so <laughs> good because uh... the way that both actors handle that. Oh, it's is, so good. It's perfect. And I don't know if that was because, you know, how Aykroyd is so hands on. But with mm. Bill Murray, I don't know what he's allowed to get away with. Mm-hmm. That was scripted or if that was Bill Murray. I don't know. Aykroyd either, no. wrote the dickless line because clearly mm-hmm. he's the one who says dickless. And then is this true? And then I feel like Bill Murray just said it. And it was like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm not there. Scott it. Weatherly will know. But well, I'm talking to Scott about Ghostbusters very soon, actually. Well, ask so him. Ask him that. I will but ask my him. Point, but my point is, is that when I saw it then later in a totally different context yeah. with my wife and her son, Colt, and we were watching it and, you know, he's, he was like 12 and I was like, this is mm-hmm. the time we're going to make Colt watch Ghostbusters. And she's like, are we? I'm like, we are. It's going to be great. <laughs> and it was really uncomfortable and really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm sitting, I'm not 11. I probably hadn't watched it since I was 20 at that point mm-hmm. in time, you know? Uh, so I'm like 40 something. I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, or probably 40. So I'm sitting there and I've got my wife who's also 40 and a 12 year old son. And that was really uncomfortable. And I was like, how did my parents think this was a comfortable yeah, film? Yeah, I've been I there. Think... I've watched it with my eight-year-old. So uh, yeah, I've been there, but they don't understand that stuff. So it's okay. He did. Okay, he all right. Maybe he's, he's a bit older, maybe. So that's he why. was Well, and, you know, my, my wife is his mother. So he was aware of things. And so like mm-hmm. all of this creepiness right from the beginning with Venkman was just too much. Yeah. So I just, my point is, is sometimes things you like, you go back sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I appreciate that you were willing to go and be like, look, I could be pleasantly surprised. I could be wrong. You know, I, I'm not a firm person who believes that you should have to get 600 pages in. And then they're like, that book, that book, um, I Am Pilgrim, couldn't finish. Mm. Couldn't get no, there. Fair man. enough. And it was, and it was so fast paced. It was one of those things. So I'm like reading reviews. I'm like, what am I missing? What's happening? And, and I saw a few people like, it gets really good at like page 500. I'm like, but <laughs> I don't, I, it's, I'll give you 50 pages of any. Yeah, sure. And that's, I think, what with this comic, you get, mm-hmm. 50 pages and i think because those first two issues were so good so i think mm-hmm. that really helped you coming back and looking at it from fresh eyes because I, i'm sorry that you're more disappointed in it and i actually liked it i think a little bit better on this it's read. interesting isn't it yeah yeah but i also because i thought it was fun the first go through and then mm-hmm. coming back at it and again i and i do think it's i'm i'm totally projecting because i wanted chuck to write something good again mm. and so i feel like this is my the last thing he wrote that i think is super good and i feel bad because i'm no chuck i can't get a book deal so who the fuck am i but i'm just saying like and it's like you compare him to himself i'm not comparing Mm -hmm. him to Mm -hmm. anybody else i suspect pygmy is probably better than a lot of other books that came out that year Mm. it's not better than other books he wrote Mm. and i think when there's when there's a modicum of success you can only compare yourself to yourself yeah sure and you because you love the movie so much you can only compare this to the movie Mm -hmm. That's and it doesn't true. hold the candle. It doesn't hold the candle. No. Yeah. But but I think, you know, you said it right at the top as well. I think there is this idea of like the artist has an idea and then it goes out into the world and then it becomes something else. And then in this instance, Fight Club for a lot of people was misappropriated. The character Tyler was misappropriated. It, it, he was not meant to be a cool cultural icon. He's he annoying. was meant... Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was misunderstood by a lot of people. So I can totally understand why Chuck wants to kind of get that ownership back. And that is definitely present as one of the, one of the layers within the story. Um, and obviously it ends with a lot of people 
like storming the compound and being pissed and at him. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so again, I can see all of that's there. I just think, I don't know. There's just, uh, I can only come back to my original point. Like, I just think it just runs out of steam. I think it runs out of story. Yeah. And so he tries to come up with a clever, clever meta way around it. Um, which just doesn't work. Yeah, like you said, maybe if this maybe if this was five issues, if this was one volume, and it was those first three issues, um, the last was, two. Well, I, no, I definitely think, not. Definitely not the last two. You'd have to read. Well, I think ends, I think Tyler shooting Chuck in the back of the head is the end. I think I, that's why. The, so Marla being pregnant with Tyler's child. That's a potential Fight Club three. That's what Chuck yeah. is telling Tyler. That could be what happens. Yeah, which exists, and so he doesn't want I'm it to happen, read. so he shoots him. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, but I haven't read happens... Fight Club three. I assume that's what it is. Uh, me too, because because we have the in the comic we have the the panel, don't we, where it harkens back to the line that was cut from the movie, and again it says, "Yeah, remember this scene wasn't in the movie, um, but yeah. it's a very famous I scene." Have your abortion. Absolutely. So that's that is quite cute and quite clever, um, but it's just the sixty pages before that. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. I do think it was a five. I think it was five. I think it was five to six issues. I agree. I think mm-hmm. the whole thing. I, and again, I'm okay with Marla being at the, like I keep saying this, but Marla going back to her old ways and like first sure. trying to like go back and she's visiting. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. group that she visits are the kids who grow old and the term is in there. And I don't know what it is, but that's a real illness and it's a support mm-hmm. group. Then you learn that one of them is actually Chloe from the, from the book and from the movie and she doesn't die. She's been um, doing the same thing that Marla has been doing the same thing that Marla's yeah. doing. So that's, I mean, I was like, yeah, love, love that. But then the whole make a wish thing and all of that was just mm. dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. And it was, to me, it was like, well, we sold 10 comics. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And you've so, got that panel of them all like parachuting out of a airplane down. I just, what is happening here? Yeah. But it was beautifully drawn by Cameron. Uh, oh, yes. Well, yeah. Hey, let's, let's make us a positive. It was beautifully drawn. Um, Everything in it is brilliant. I love, uh, and you know, I'm going to use that word quite happily. I love the um, the way that, as you said, like there's some lettering stuff going on and there's some images oh. going on where like there's layers where like things are being hidden. What they're saying, so by pills, by like um, like onomatopoeias coming out. Of yeah, the flowers. And all of that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I think yeah. Nick Nick Pigios is the is the letterer. and you know when you're talking about the letterer, that's either really good or really bad because you're not supposed mm-hmm. to notice. Mm-hmm. But what he does is an outstanding. Mm. It's I agree. It's such a cool, and I'm sure it was part of the design, but he still had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. again, and it really this is a this is such a collaboration, um, mm-hmm. in a real sense. And I think you can tell that you can tell that because Chuck is not a comic book writer, so he's got mm-hmm. Cameron Stewart, Dave Stewart, David Mack doing those covers. Fuck yeah, that'd be covers. that the cover of the of the first book, the the, the one of the collection with the two faces. Mm. The, yeah, yeah. That's they're like almost like watercolor, aren't they? Yeah, that's good stuff. So there's uh, the creative team yeah. is doing God's work. And that's where the meta stuff is working. Do you know what I mean? When you've got in the Fight Club movie, you've got like Tyler, you know, cigarette burns, and he points to the top corner. And that kind of like Brechtian meta stuff works. And that works in the comic. You know, when you've got the um, sequence and they go to the art gallery and they're all hopped up on drugs. So you don't see their faces. They've got like pills and stuff over their faces. And all of that's I love that. That's clever. That's good. Um, you can keep that. You can keep that sequence. That's fine. And as you said, that's the melding of like the writing and the lettering and the art and what was going on in that writer's room. It's yeah. It, it, it's the it's the Chuck appearing 
that doesn't really work for me. And it's, you know, the phone calls and the writer's room and the, all of that for me feels like I've run out of ideas. Mm. It won't, won't this be cute and clever? No, <laughs> it won't. Um, if it's stuck to that, if it's stuck to that other like kind of Brechtian, I don't know why I keep saying Brechtian, but I'm going to keep saying Brechtian, <laughs> Brechtian, Brechtian. Um, that stuff like the pills and, and that, that, that was clever. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I like Chuck being in it because I do like him, him acknowledging that, you know, he's, his creation got away from him. So I was okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm okay with it. And I do think it goes on too long at the end. Again, I don't want to keep repeating myself. I think it's a five, six issue book. Because well, it's like three issues at the end, isn't it? Where it's kind of that, the, yeah. the world's colliding. Yeah. And, mm. and that went on too long, which, you know, mm. happens. As you know, as I say, often, I'm a Wachowski apologist and every one of their films are 20 minutes too long, including The Matrix is 20 minutes too long. Every one of them, and Speed Racer, which I love, is 20 minutes too long. <laughs> Everything is 20 minutes too long. And this is four, four or five issues too long. Mm. sometimes you sell a book and you say i've got 10 issues yeah, yeah. then you don't and you're like oh shit but you paid me for 10 we paid the art team for 10 we better come up with 10 so mm-hmm. i feel that i can feel that and that's why it is surprising that there is a fight club three um mm. and so i am gonna read it <laughs> because i'm not gonna make you read it i'll let you know now <laughs> now that i know how you feel you know what i mean it'd be one of those things where we don't always agree on things of obviously not, that's yeah. the point of the show too we don't want to always agree on things and like you said but I am Pilgrim book. I really tried. Um, mm. And what I came to realize is that I also don't like the Ian Fleming books. Mm. I don't okay, like the Jason Bourne books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I am Pilgrim. If it's a movie, I would probably watch it, but I feel sure. like I don't want to read about a Mary Sue. I think that's yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. if it were a comic book, if I am Pilgrim were a comic, I would be mm-hmm. all up in that. I'd be like, Oh my God. But it's like, how can you be great? At, you must be bad at something. Please be bad mm. at one thing. And it just got old or <laughs> in a hurry. Um, no, but then I started fair. thinking about how I don't like the, I love James Bond movies, but I really don't like Ian Fleming's books. Mm. Have you ever read any? I haven't. No, no. Yeah, don't. I mean, because it's first, it's a little more, um, if you can imagine, it's a little more disparaging of the female characters the than misogyny, those early yeah, Conry sure. movies are. Mm. Um, but anyway. So that's how I feel. So, but I get a sense, you know, that you didn't like this one. So I'll read the third one for us. Yeah, you let me know. And I'll let you know if I think with this in mind, it's like, because if the whole thing is just Chuck and the gang sitting around the table, you're not into that. I am not into that. Do you, is there ever a time, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask this before we Mm. wrap this up and talk about other things, but um, off, off camera. Although it's like I said, you and Dan should have kept the camera you kept that microphone going the other day. <laughs> the extra 90 minutes. Yeah, 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 I would love that. Um, is there ever a time when you like, you like this kind of, I mean, like, not just fourth wall breaking, like with Deadpool mm-hmm. or with She-Hulk, because I still think John Byrne's sensational She-Hulk is great, but John Byrne is also in that. Mm. And of course, it goes back to the king of this, Vonnegut. I don't mind when Vonnegut and, and mm. Kilgore Trout shows up in his books. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also did it first. Yeah. I mean, I guess Dante did it first. <laughs> I'll take word on that because, you know, but, I've not read any Dante. Okay. Um, but regardless of Kilgore that. Trout is, is um, Breakfast of Champions, right? I have he's read. He's in a bunch. He's in a bunch. Right. So I've read Breakfast of Champions. Um, but I guess I'm just wondering, what do you think about, because Vonnegut yeah. shows up. Vonnegut is in Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and Kilgore Trout, they read Kilgore Trout novels. So sometimes, mm-hmm. Breakfast of Champions, they're both in it. Mm-hmm. 
and in Cat's Cradle, I think only Kilgore's in it. And then in some books, they just talk about them and they're not there. But what mm-hmm. do you make of that when off? What do you I mean? Because to me, this is a nod to Vonnegut, but mm-hmm. also that can be cumbersome. So what do you make of that when writers put themselves in? It doesn't happen often, but it does. No, it doesn't happen often. I think, I think writers are always putting themselves in a story anyway, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a cipher as a character or whether it's moments in the story where their, their opinion comes through through a character. Um, I, I'm, probably, I'm probably leaning towards not wanting to see it, but I, I think you know, you, you've made some really good points about like where things work in this when Chuck is in it. And I think, yeah, that like the, the ending when he's shot in the head and I think um, the idea of him like regaining ownership um, and the idea of almost like, this is almost like therapy, isn't it, for him in a way? Yeah. Like his whole life is almost kind of being therapized through, through the story. And I think that's really powerful. I think all of that would have worked. I think it, for me, maybe it's just that one bit which becomes too cumbersome, the writer's room part of it. It really does. Um, t- yeah. And I get that he's pay- paying homage to the people who helped him write this. Which, but yeah. I agree. Like, he, do they all need to be there? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, as you said, you know, we've got the zombie call and then there's suddenly a zombie in it. And um, it all just gets a bit too much, I think. And um, yeah, it, it's not knowing because because knowing is knowing. It's like beyond knowing. I don't know what the word is for beyond knowing. Um, Meta knowing, we'll say. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just pushed you far, I think. And and it, I can only, I'm now repeating myself again and again. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's because he ran out of story. That's totally fair. I think it's fair. I just, I wondered because... I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask because to me, yeah. I, I, the, Do you like I, well, it? I'm a big Vonnegut fan and his last mm-hmm. book, Time Quake, he's in there. Mm-hmm. It's Time Quake is, is he's, he's writing it like it's the second edition of Time Quake because the first edition of Time Quake, he lost it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I just love what that. What do you feel it adds to have the writer appear as like a character in a story like the... Well, in the Vonnegut's books? Well, just in general, I think. Well, I think, well, I think it adds to... You can't do it in your first book. You can't mm-hmm. do it. I think you can only do it when you've become successful enough. Mm-hmm. Stephen King did it in the, um, was it Wolves? Song of Susanna in the Dark, in the Dark Tower books. Dark Tower, yeah. And I didn't read all of those, to be fair. No, whichever one I stopped in, because I read that what the first five came out and then it took forever. And then I never went back and I was like, I'm not going to pick up. I need to go back and reread them. Mm. To, and then I just haven't. So it's one of those things I'll we'll get around mm-hmm. to. But he's in there. They come out in the closet, the hot water heater where he's writing Carrie. So it's like that works because he's acknowledging it only works when you're famous enough. So I think it adds mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. fact that, mm-hmm. like you said, writers are always putting themselves in the books. Stephen King has acknowledged in this, another famous Jack. Um, that's him. He's, mm-hmm. He got drunk one time and broke, I think it was Owen's arm. You know, not, not just pick up. I mean, parents do it not drinking you pick your kid up by the arm mm-hmm, sometimes because mm-hmm. they're you're they're going to touch something hot and you jerk them away out of fear and your adrenaline's rushing through and you dislocate mm-hmm. their shoulder that happens to good parents bad parents it just happens we hurt our kids and we don't mean to it's mm-hmm, a thing mm-hmm. so you know like a lot of stephen king's early works were him working through the bad shit he did to his kids and to his mm-hmm. wife and to himself and so I like the idea that all this time we're always trying to find the him in there. So he's like, here I am. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Vonnegut was the same way. Vonnegut was always like, well, is it Kilgore Trout, just you? And he's like, ah, here I am with Kilgore Trout in the same book. <laughs> ha ha, maybe not. Um, Salinger's whole thing with uh, Buddy uh, Glass, not in, uh, obviously not in Catcher, because that, but the re- he only had Catcher that wasn't part of the Glass family book. So everything besides Catcher in the Rye, and one could argue Catcher in the Rye was actually written by Buddy Glass, but, um, and I'd be, I'd be one to argue that, and that's a whole <laughs> different, that's a different thing. But Everything else that Salinger wrote, there's the, the Glass family, Franny and Zoe, Ray Tyler Ripkins, all of those, those kids, those crazy fucked up kids and their life, one of them is a writer. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Salinger's Buddy Glass and this whole thing, you know, so, so I would have loved to have seen, and we'll know because his, his own kids hated him. And while he didn't want anything published, they're fucking going to publish it now that he's dead. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see if he ever wrote himself in, in there mm-hmm. just to acknowledge because I think you, you, what you do when you put yourself in there and you're control of it, now you're saying to everybody else, quit pretending my fiction is my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this idea of, of you're saying, like you, like you said, there's so much stuff that's in there. You, we all mm-hmm. write, you're a writer, I'm a writer. We write about things. We are in there somewhere, whether it's yeah. just a yeah, funny yeah. line, like you yeah. write crime fiction. So you're not uh, unless you're secretly solving crimes, and I don't know about it. <laughs> Sadly, not. No, you're, you're not a private detective, but the, but your voice is in there, and your guy, like he's yeah, funny 100%. like you, and he's charming, and all of the things that you are are in there. And so that's good. You know that parts you, but mm-hmm. then you also fictionalize. You're like then awful things happen, and you have bad characters do awful and say awful things, and that's not you, and that's your creative part. So mm. you can't. You're not supposed to look at art and psychoanalyze somebody, but we do it all the time. So then. A long way for me to go. Sorry, but I needed to set some examples of where you can say I'm now in control. I'm famous enough and I'm breaking mm. it down so that now all of you people who've been writing think pieces about The Shining is just Stephen mm. King's life or Fight Club is about his own being in the closet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, fuck you. I'm not Tyler Durden. Mm. I'm not the narrator. Quit pretending I am. And in fact, Tyler's going to kill me at the end because I'm not him. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of you saying now that you know, because when this book was written, he wasn't out. Right? Chuck wasn't out until 2003. Oh, well, when Fight Club was written. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. And so every, then it's like now in 2003, Chuck's out and everybody's like, oh, the dual personalities and because mm. he was even pretending he had, like, had a friend who was his beard and so he was pretending he was married to a woman, all these things. Mm. And you're like, oh, now we get it. And he's like, no, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's why. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But again, because I don't know. I'm not him. Mm. This is just me, again, doing the things that he probably doesn't want us to do. But, you know, he's also acknowledging the art is also yours. Tyler mm-hmm, means mm-hmm. to you what he means to you. Tyler means to me what he means to me. But I think, like you said, I think a lot of people miss the point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the people who wear people who are like, at the Blue Lives Matter wearing the Punisher gear. You're like, what is wrong yeah. with you? W- whatever. The people who, the Homelander, they're at the, the, the mm-hmm. Trump rally wearing Homelander stuff. And they're like, did you, Homelander's not the hero, everybody. No. What, is, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, so that's all. That was a long way to go. Sorry. No, no, no. But, but you, you've just got a much broader perspective. So that's what I wanted to hear. And, you know, you have convinced me of a lot of, uh, a lot of areas where I can find merit in the story where I don't think I did when I reread it. Um, yeah. I still don't like it, sadly. No, it's fair. And you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. It's not. But I, I'm acknowledging I your points. And I think. Yeah, and I acknowledge yours. You were totally right. And I think because 
I was so hung up on that Chuck, that other story that mm. now that you started talking, about, I'm like, you know, God, the whole thing with the kids I did when you were describing it, I'm like, I did that. I really just glossed past those pages on this read. It's like, maybe I don't like it as much as I do. And I'm, I've created in the language we like to use on Convicts in Motion, I've created my own headcanon of what mm-hmm. Fight Club 2 is. And it's, it's five issues long. Mm-hmm. Those are- and I think, yeah, that would be a much quicker <laughs> and easier and enjoyable read. But that's not honest. No, that's not honest. I'm not being honest. So I see we keep each other honest. <laughs> All good. Well, this is good. I'm glad we did it. Um, it's probably the first time we bumped a little bit ahead. It's the first time I've come and on anything really and felt like I've got to talk about something I don't really like. So it's been very different today. Yeah. And do you, was that okay? I mean, I don't, yeah, we yeah. don't want this to be a, a no, not so. of the show, you know. No, I think we've, yeah. we've had reasonable arguments backwards and forwards and I'm leaving knowing things and thinking things I didn't before we start talking. That's yeah, and I'm point, really realizing I just cut five issues out of it. And I said it. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to listen to this back and I'll be like, I said it right from the beginning. It's only five good issues. <laughs> then I went on about how much I liked it. When really I'm saying it's only half good. Mm. But I, for, but again, I'm also acknowledging it's because I am, I am Chuck's wounded puppy. You are. I will, I will acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> he has written some great stuff. Mm. And he has written some not great stuff. And that is the case of everybody. Under the Dome. Speaking of a book, like I read the first 300 pages of Under the Dome. And I was like, I hope they all die in there. I don't care. <laughs> now, did you ever read that one? I did not, no. Stephen King is that way too, right? He's written so yeah. many things. It's like some of them are yeah. brilliant. Some of them are so shitty. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when you're as prolific as these guys, I guess that is just... The course of nature isn't it well yeah. and i think it's because at some point in time when everybody's telling you how great you are you yeah, don't have help. to you it doesn't help you, we'll know one day we'll know that's right we, we when we get to our 15th novel everybody's like your 15th novel is kind of sucky we're like oh yeah. okay maybe i should i should reevaluate what i'm doing um yeah i mean stephen king i i've always said because in as we talked earlier about rem we're not my age. I'm older than you. But so for me, it was the who's going to be the long, who's the band, REM or U2? Mm-hmm. I was always REM, was always the band. Obviously, mm-hmm. history has proven me wrong because they broke up and U2 still the U2. But there was a stretch. U2 put out that album. Was it called Lemon? It had, Lemon was on that. Zuropa. That album is so fucking terrible. And it has, Lemon is, a, Lemon is awful. That's an awful song. <laughs> the song that's on that one is the one where Edge sings. The Edge sings a song where he just right. talks the whole time. And it's like, I like what you're doing here, but this is a bad album. And it, that was the moment where I realized you two could just put out 50 minutes of beep and it would, yeah. it would yeah, yeah, yeah. sell. And they still haven't been, t- even when they like put the free album on everybody's iPhone, still everybody just keeps forgiving them. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to take for them to realize they haven't really made a really great song in like 10 years, but <laughs> they've also made 50 great songs. Sure. So if you haven't so made still- one in 10 years, it's probably okay. Yeah. They're still, they're still batting above average, as they would say. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth about how you feel about U2, but I still prefer REM, but I think well, U2 won the Longevity Award. And I think that just happens yeah. sometimes. It does, yeah, yeah. I guess my generation was Oasis and Blair. Um, and, and you were on team? Oasis. They're better I'm songwriters. Team, I'm team Damon. Like, he's amazing. He's so talented. I don't like Blair well enough, but yeah, I was in indie rock. Of course, yeah. I love the gorillas. That's why (laughs) you're right. Between the two, Oasis, I was on Team Oasis too, but man, I love the gorillas and I love his voice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it, yeah. The thing is, this is all fictional, isn't it? It was never a thing. In, you know, I, no. was, I was buying both records and I was not sitting in my bedroom thinking, well, I'm only going to buy Oasis. I know. That's so silly. I, of course, I bought U2 albums. I wasn't like never hated U2, but I'm just saying like, if you're going to make me pick who they're the Beatles yeah, and the yeah, Stones yeah. of Gen X, R.E.M. and U2, those were the two. Like, And yeah. people forget because R.E.M. fell away, but there was like a 10 year stretch where R.E.M. and U2 were putting out album after album that debuted at number one. And these were mm-hmm. indie, indie bands. They they both started as indie rock bands. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like all of a sudden for 10 years, they were the height of everything. And when you think about it, the Beatles were only a band for nine years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, people say the Rolling Stones won, but did they? Yeah, Stones Oh, you better. did. Oh, hmm. uh, sorry. <laughs> you were there, you were waiting for it. And I just took it away from now you. I'm fair. so sorry. No, I know. It's fine. I understand. I mean, that's a different, that's a different show. Well, anyway, that's what we got. Sometimes you got to get kicked a little. And that was the point of, of that conversation. So, um, well, so who would we, you don't recommend this to anyone, I reckon. Even the completest in you isn't going to read Fight Club 3. That tells you something. No. Yeah, that is telling you something. That tells you how, where I've landed at the end of this issue 10. No, you're quite right. Um, no, that's not fair. I think... I think fans of Fight Club, of Chuck, should read it, um, either of his other novels or of Fight Club the novel or of the film, I, because, you know, this is only my perspective, and you've, you've come out from a very different place, and you've found things that you've liked enough to say that you really like this book. Like, who cares what we're saying about this idea of, like, right, you exactly. could chop it in half. The fact is, you feel like you enjoyed reading this, and that, mm-hmm. that's brilliant, and I think a lot of people will. And I think um, I often fall into a trap of being a bit nitpicky, and I think there were just so many across these issues from after about issue three that it just built up to a place where I couldn't forget about them anymore. I think so, that's fair. No, I think I, I would still recommend it. I think people should give it a go and and then tell me why I'm wrong. And where can they do that? If they wanted to send you a message, where could they tell you? <laughs> they can find me um, on Twitter under I am Jack's Musings, J-A-C-S, although I might have to change that handle now. Um, no, don't ever change it. I yeah. think that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, yes, I post all my, my thoughts and my reviews and um, my diary of reading and watching uh, as much as I can. Actually, I've fallen behind a little bit, but um, sometimes I, 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 yeah, and I let the words now sometimes speak for themselves. You know, like after now, when I'm reading or watching something for a podcast, I then won't do the, the written review as well because I'm out there talking about it. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. Um, well, and I hope I hope that's not my fault because I'm the one who's pushed you into the. It was you you germinated the pop gorillas idea because I just I'm like you know, and I say this to Andy too. It's like I, I don't want to always sit and watch your videos, Andy. So I'll like save a couple mm. and watch Angry Andy because I'm not mm. when I'm sitting in front of the computer. I'm usually working, so I want mm. his anger in my ears, and I just want to hear your reviews sometimes. I don't. Mm. I mean, yours are always quick. Yours are like less than Andy's. Andy's Andy's are sometimes like, and the, he makes such amazing cogent points. I love watching. Oh yeah, but. It's also like, I want to carry my anger around a little, my friend. <laughs> Get my angers right in my ear holes. Um, so that was it. I pushed. So I feel, I'm sorry if, I, if, if the pomp gorillas have hurt your. Um, no, they have not. As always. It's, a, uh, it's an endeavor I'm very, very much enjoying. I'm really very passionate about it. Yeah. And it's we're going to be. Um, well, this, by the time this comes out, it'll have already happened, but we're even going to get um, a VHS tricks back. Day. Mm, yeah. You can't stop us now. Once you pop. I mean, once you pop, you can't stop. And that's a totally different crowd. The VHS group, there's a crossover like you and me and Scott and, every, and Max, but I think there's a lot of people who only listen to that who don't listen mm. to the comics motion. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll hear some more. Our, our mm. numbers, it's a slow, 
it's it's uh, Sisyphusian. We're just going up. We're pushing up yeah. the hill every day. Another gorilla. I think I think we've been. I think in October we've had one a day. Sure. Well, it makes sense. You know, with a with a theme month we've had, and yeah, you know, it's, if only one person listens and they enjoy it, then it's worth doing it. That's all it's about. Art is mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. What you said about you know, if I complete, somebody's gonna somebody gave it a five stars. I didn't. Yeah. you definitely didn't. But somebody did. It's for that yeah, person. Absolutely. Yeah, I was Chuck's husband. I'm sure he's like, I love you, honey. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Which I love, by the way. I love that they're very private. I think that's awesome. Mm. I think that. Mm. You know, I, that article you sent me where Chuck was like, I didn't want to come out because he's a private person. <laughs> and mm. all of a sudden now I have to tell everybody who he is. It's none of your goddamn business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why I'm not using my real name on anything. Exactly. Because yeah. I would I would feel the same. And actually, you know, should that day ever arise that anything I've written gets published, I wouldn't have my given name on there. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still try and keep some of that anonymity, yeah? Yeah. Well, I've actually got a picture of myself holding my hand in front of my face. And it says, hi, my name is Tony. Um, I've used that as my thing for my teaching. Um, mm. My um, most of my pictures that I put up in my classes because I teach online are just like I've got one where I've got my glasses and I look. I've got like my Mister Robot look where I've got my hat pulled real low. My mm-hmm. hat actually says "Facts Matter" on it, and that's my. That's it. So yeah, I try to keep myself to myself as much as I can. Yeah. Too. We share ourselves out there, but even my picture on my website is a. You can't tell it's me. I mean, it's exactly. It's a silhouette. Uh, overlooking the, the Gulf of Mexico, which is a nice place to look at. And mm-hmm. I get to every day, almost. So, well, brackish water near the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> I have a sunset over water every night. So um, before no I, I met Tricycle Boombox or my website, my, the aforementioned AR Farina, and I was the first guest on Femme on Film. You'll be on Femme mm. on Film soon. That's a new comics and motion thing. Um, and the tease uh, for next time, this a month from now or weeks from now, whatever from mm-hmm. now, um, I've got two teases actually. One is our tease, and one is another thing I'm going to start doing in 2022. It's exciting. Ooh, you don't even know. This is breaking news. Um, the next book we're going to do is the first arc of Berserker. It is, yeah. Matt Kent, Keanu Reeves, Boom Studios. We're going to do issues one through five. I will be Berserker. a lot more positive on that day. That is such a book, man. Wow. Mm. Now, I mean, Matt Kent, you had me at Matt Kent. I love Yeah, and listen, Kent. sometimes I'm a little bit, you know, um, the nepotism of, you know, kind of any show business, you know, the fact that Keanu Reeves is writing a comic book, the yeah. fact that Amelia Clark is writing a comic book, the fact yeah. that Rosario Dawson is writing, I'm a little bit, you know, annoyed sometimes about that idea that because I'm on the radio, Patton. I'm an actor, yeah. or like I, I, I'm a footballer, I get to do something else, and you and I are sitting there desperately trying to, to get our voices heard. I don't mind when the quality is this good. Right. And he knew enough. <laughs> he knew enough. Yeah. He didn't try to just do it himself. He knows. I mean, yeah. And Matt Kent is a master storyteller. I mean, I, mm-hmm. my management one day, have you ever read my management? Uh, 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 I think I've read the first issue. Yeah. I, just, I love it. Fucking love that book. I get terrified because he's, he's always putting, and I always say this to him. He, we, we've chatted on Twitter before and he'll be like, there's this my management home game. I'm like, nope. I can't say yeah. that because I'm terrified. <laughs> like it's one of the most terrifying books because it seems it's like it scratches that conspiracy theory itch mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. all have just a little. Like my management was way before Q was a thing, but it's like now reading it again through the lens of Q and on, you're like, oh mm. fuck. I get I it. I think now. it's one of those ones I picked up the first issue, you know, where it was like a have this first issue for free and i've read it and yeah. then it sat there and i just haven't managed to get it was to, expensive um... it was on indie indie deep indie book but anyway yeah. so that we're going to do berserker matt kent 
I mean, I'm excited. We've got issues one through five, so that'll be soon. But then the other thing I just talked to my, so my friend, mm. um, so I went to high school with Heath. We, um, one of my three friends from high school, he was one of them. And um, he's a comic nerd like me. And he was on before, on the show before. And, um, but he and I, he's going to be my ep- guest for ep- issue episode 100. Oh, amazing. which will be at the end of this year. It should be the last day. Uh, it should be on the 30th of, no, of December. And oh. we are going to do um, the first arc of Sin City. Mm. And then every other month. So 2022 will be the year of Sin City. And Heath will come on and we're going to do each arc of Sin City. Oh, we're going to do that first one together because that, that one's a long one. And then mm. we'll, like when we do Dame to Kill for, like we'll, we'll, we'll probably invite people. Like so you mm-hmm. guys can all meet him. And he's a really cool guy. You will like him. And so it's like, so maybe like, oh, who wants to come on and do whatever? And then you can mm. come on and do mm-hmm. games to kill for with us or Yellow Bastard or whatever. I mean, Yellow Bastard's the best one, in my opinion. But we're we're gonna give Frank Miller probably more airtime than he deserves yet again. <laughs> he's kind of a dick, but boy, isn't Sin City something. So 2022 announcing here. Wait till this this will be, I don't know, episode, I think 94, 96, somewhere in there. So mm. in a month from now, probably you'll hear Amazing. Sin City episode 100. And then once every other month, there'll be more Sin City Zone 2022. So that's breaking news right here. I love it. I will that's be exciting. listening and I will be reading along. Yeah, yeah. It's been a When's the last time you read them? Uh, probably to read them before the film came out. Oh, uh, before the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, probably, yeah. what's that, 15 years? Yeah, easily. 2005 feels about right. So yeah. 2005. That's... Yep. Yep. I'm actually looking to see because we were, he and I were just talking about it today. Because of course, I wrote Hard Goodbye is the first, is the first arc, mm. the first 13 mm-hmm. issues. So we're going to do Hard Goodbye and then Dame to Kill for a second. Because so at first, we were going to do like, you pick an arc and I'll pick an arc. And he was going to do mm. Dame to Kill for and I was going to do Yellow Bastard. And then we we're like, let's just do this. Let's just do them all. Great. And we'll do it. And then so he and I'll do the first one. And then maybe we'll invite people on. And, you know, because, Sin City needs context. Sure. And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the time and attention it deserves. So mm-hmm. trying to cram it all in, we're going to do each arc as it goes and see how we feel about it. Talk about great. a modern lens reflection mm. on Sin City because it'll be, this is its 30th anniversary. Okay, nice. Of, of the long goodbyes, 2021. So mm-hmm. yikes. I'm old. <laughs> I graduated from high school that year. So anyway, that's the show. There's no way to end besides the Pixies. Where is my mind, right? There's no way to end. I feel like this being all over the place and scattered is the only way to talk about Fight Club. Agreed. All right. See everybody next time. Bye. Take care. Stop.